Hey, you. To be this good, thanks, Satan. Hello and welcome to us fellow Sega fans and good evening to those tuning in via Radio Sega. It's those Sega guys, tag team, we're back again sharing our love for the greatest video game company in the world, Sega. And riding in Lamey Rose's little two-seater with me is the Metal Sonic to my tails doll, it's James the Sega Hulk. How you doing mate? <laughs> Blowing mate, can't wait to get in this one. What, what an intro. <laughs> I don't it's a, it is a two-seater, isn't it, Amy Rose's car? Aye, aye, she's just stingy and decides to keep it all to herself. You know what she says in Sonic Adventure? Have no fear, Amy Rose is here! Wow, that's, <laughs> that was high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to try and repeat that in a hurry. <laughs> no, I would, uh, my, my vocal cords are so and I was just listening to it. <laughs> keep, keep, keep them fresh, mate, because... With this episode, I think there might be spontaneous bursts of song. Absolutely. So this is, as our listeners well know, we started a new sub-series called the Sega Guys Review. And this week, it's uh, our karaoke favourite, isn't it, not? <laughs> yes, it is indeed. It is um, tra- Traveller's Tales' uh, very own Sonic R, the Sega Saturn game, which, as the years pass, is proving to be quite divisive. <laughs> Devices, I think, is putting it mildly. I think if you canvassed uh, opinion for across the across the gaming fraternity, you'll get some very uh, very harsh, very harsh opinions on it. Uh, or are they harsh? I think that's what we're going to find out, isn't it? Because uh, mm-hmm. much like our original review of Daytona, we're going to explore the game itself, try and look at it with eyes of those who played it back in in its release back in 1997 and also try and look at it objectively now and just see how it hands it holds up um i think it's going to be an interesting one to discuss mate as um you know as you said you know with the sega guys reviews um series where we are trying to kind of look at games and and kind of talk about them you know using those memories and and trying to kind of tap back into that era whenever they were new so i mean Sonic R, as we've we've kind of said on Twitter so many times in various debates that we've had, uh, maybe other people are, are maybe looking on like YouTube and seeing videos and reviews on there and maybe like scanning through the comments. It's like, it seems that as more time goes by, there's more negativity towards Sonic R. And I think what you need to do, much like we did with Daytona, and like you have to do with a lot of retro games, I think, is you need to try and appreciate the the environment they were released in because it's all too easy now in the world of solid state drives, one thousand pounds graphics cards, next gen consoles, and convenient same day delivery of digital games. It's all too easy to forget 
just what these games were up against and the, the battles that they faced to, to bring us the fun that they did. So that's what we're going to do with Sonic R today. Absolutely, mate. It's uh, it's. I know it's difficult for for some uh, people that are, haven't played these games in the heyday to really appreciate what they're doing. I mean, I've, I've seen people saying that the Golden Eye is is rubbish, but I was I was playing with that with my kids uh, a few months back on the N sixty four. I know obviously you were a Sega course us, but that's a that's just another example of a game that gets a bit gets a bit of a bashing today, um, but was very well regarded in the past. So mm-hmm. I think Sonic R is going to be a very interesting review. As we go through and 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 see how how it fares today, what how we got on with it in the past, and and you know just go go through its attributes and just see how it holds up, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Sonic Hard doesn't have the storied history that the Daytona USA did. Um, it all came through. A, it's born through a bit of a jumble, really, because the Sega Saturn launched obviously in Japan, nineteen ninety four, same year as Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic Three. It came to the US in '95. Uh, the, the launch, you know, is, is legendary stuff at this point, and you can listen to our interview with Mr. Tom Kalinske if, uh, if our listeners want a little bit more information on that. But people were eagerly anticipating Sonic the Hedgehog. He was still the hottest thing in gaming at the time. I think there was there was surveys that went out that said that he was more popular than you know, forget Mario. He was more popular than Mickey Mouse, <laughs> which is absolutely mental, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, again, Sega kind of riding high on the wave of, of obviously the Sonic trilogy that had come out on the Mega Drive, and again, it's a, it's a topic that we've, we've kind of, we've briefly kind of went back on and said, you know, the way that 2D gaming is, is very much appreciated now in, in the modern era, the, 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 the visual style and that kind of pixel art is, is very much, you know, now looked upon very fondly, but had Sega at the start of the Saturn's launch, brought out possibly like Sonic 4 and it being like Sonic Mania, you know, using the Saturn's 2D capabilities, they would have probably been, you know, chastised for not embracing the future, which at that point was obviously 3D, you know, polygon gaming. So uh, gaming's kind of came the full the full circle. And, and obviously, as we said, 2D is very much appreciated. But yeah, Sonic was high on the agenda people wanted to see him on the saturn and and they did but not in the way they expected no not at all they everyone was waiting for that 3d sonic game which of course was going to be sonic extreme uh meanwhile on the mega drive we had sonic 3d flicky's island which it's not a bad game it's it's interesting it's a different Mm -hmm. it's a change of pace isometric exploration game it's not really my cup of tea uh, I've got to be honest, it's not a Sonic game. It's one of the Sonic games I've never finished myself. Um, I have you played much of it, mate? Or whether you played this, played it on uh, the Mini or, or, or sorry, on the on the Mega Drive, uh, the EverDrive, or anything like that? Three uh, D, the Flacky's Island. I've played the Saturn version. Oh, have you? Yeah, um, very briefly. I've, I've got it on the Fenrir as well. I've, it's yeah. not one oh, I yeah, went back to, but uh, I briefly I had a shot of it back in the day. But it's not a game that I've, I've sunk too many hours or much time into. Yeah, so it was kind of that. It was kind of the swan song on the Mega Drive, but obviously when Sonic Extreme didn't materialise, uh, Sonic 3D was fast tracked, ported. I think the port was done in six weeks. In the recent Sega Lord X video, you were saying, Jesus, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> six weeks. A special stage tacked on, and it was uh, chucked onto the Sega Saturn, um, which 
I do like that version. Uh, it's the, it's, I own that version as well. But again, I can't. I, I prefer it to the Mega Drive one, but I still never finished it myself. Uh, it's not one I goes back to an awful lot. I do like the special stages in it. Um, but yeah, the thing with Sonic 3D was they were actually developed by Traveller's Tales, who are, who are still going today. Um, our older listeners might remember from Mickey Mania and Toy Story and a few other Disney things. <laughs> and Pugsy. Do you remember Pugsy? Yes, I do. Eh? Yeah. Uh, you can see what that was an Amiga game. or Yes. Aye. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but modern in the modern day, they probably made about a billion Lego games. <laughs> that's where. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, that's they, they make Lego Star Wars and Lego Marvel superheroes and Lego Ninjago and Lego Harry Potter and all all of that stuff. Um, they, they all see all the games are very polished, but they all feel quite similar. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, the Lego games. Pretty, again, I've I've had so many of them through Games with Gold. You know, I think they're yeah. on there. Um, I know for a fact I've had a couple of Star Wars ones, an Indiana Jones one. It's gonna say Indiana Jones, yeah. Uh, uh, what else is on there? The the Avengers one, I think, was was a. Did they give that one away? The Marvel one of the Marvel ones was that a demo or something that was on there? But any, either way, I, the, the Lego games are all very samey. But um, there's not too many of the kind of third party developers from from that era kind of kicking around. So it's good to see they're still going. It is, and the one thing I'll say about them. Um, is that their stuff always seems to, whatever criticisms you can make of, they don't make the perfect game, but whatever criticisms you can throw at them, I think you can't doubt the fact that their games are extremely polished. You know, Mickey Mania was extremely mm-hmm. polished, Toy Story, even Pugsy was well polished, even the Lego games, you know, they are very similar in the way that they are executed, but in terms of, you know, the level of polish, the level of effort that's gone into them, um, they're very well refined, and to your way, I do enjoy playing a few of them. The Lego Avengers one is is brilliant, and uh, I wouldn't mind playing the uh, the Skywalker saga when that appears. <laughs> oh, the Lego, the Lego games, honestly, can't beat a bit uh, of Lego. Nah, it's, it doesn't matter how old you get, man. You need to be dipping and, and try them. Yeah, you you may be playing with your little and when uh, the well, years go by. If I can get her off a Toka Boca on the iPad, <laughs> mate, then that's definitely an option. <laughs> Hopefully so. But um, so Traveller's Tales, obviously they delivered Sonic 3D and uh, Sega came knocking once again, asked Traveller's Tales to make a Sonic racing game. So at the time, Traveller's Tales, they had made a, uh, they were creating an engine. Um, and we'll probably talk about that in a little bit more in a minute, but they started a 3D engine uh, on the Saturn so it was actually a, a perfect fit for the project. The game got loads of previews. There was loads of press. Uh, I don't know how much you remember, mate, but I remember every month for a while it was in Sonic from E3 to to <laughs> launch. It was in Sega Saturn magazine, and every time Aye. it looked amazing. Aye, um, it did. You know, uh, uh, it was highly anticipated. Um, and, and as we will go on to discuss it, it reviewed very, very well across the board, um, especially in the UK. So I it was it was one of those games that was always out there. Um and it was it was highly anticipated, I think, just again because it was the first outing of Sonic on the Saturn that was not like obviously Mega Drive related in terms of you know, like something like Sonic Jam, which was obviously all the, the kind of Mega Drive games packed into one disc with the the 3D world tacked on for kind of Easter eggs and things like that. So, I it was it was definitely highly anticipated. Remember it well. 
It was, yeah. I think uh, our good friend Rich Ledbetter was uh, was gushing over it in a lot of in a lot of the previews um, because it was seriously impressive for the for the Saturn at the time. Uh, doing things again, we'll get onto the uh, the the parts of it, you know, the graphics and the sound and everything as we go through. But there was a lot of hype about it, and yeah, as we say, Sonic was riding a, a, a massive wave then. As much as the Saturn was struggling, Sonic was still was still extremely popular. So people were uh, were eagerly anticipating this. So yeah, as you say, mate, it's the first and only original Sonic game on the Saturn. Uh, also, the own I think it's the only full Sonic game on a home console based on his classic version because after that we had Adventure, didn't we? Which was the whole redesign and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we had Fighters in the ar- Fighters, but that was in the arcade. Um, and then Modern Sonic um, is slightly different to... Sorry, Classic Sonic in Adventure in Generations and Forces is slightly different in design. Um, but yeah, so very unique in that respect so obviously uh came out launched november 1997 just in time for christmas how did they get on <laughs> let's find out <laughs> so graphics mate how does it look i think it looks bloody great yeah. um, it's the, the characters are big they're they're varied colorful the tracks are, are also very varied you know multiple routes going through them, different graphical effects, there's transparencies, um, water effects. You know, I just think, again, as a Saturn game, I, I think it holds up really, really well, even today. I think visually it looks great. I've got to agree, mate. I mean, I think it looks absolutely stunning for a Saturn game. It's it's gorgeous. It's colourful. Um, it really does look like a Sonic game, you know, I think it was very. It could have been very easy. I think if you look at some of the Sonic Extreme stuff, um, sometimes it doesn't look very Sonic-like. But I think Traveler's Tales absolutely nailed the look, uh, the aesthetic, just everything. It's beautiful. The frame rate is rock solid. You don't feel any frame skips or anything. It's a solid thirty frames per second. Um, you got the fading. So obviously, when the last review we were talking about Daytona and the popping. Um, whereas this one has, has Sonic R has has fading, um, where the rather than you know huge bits of geometry pop up, you get the gradual fading of uh, of the of the mountains or the scenery yeah. or whatever coming by. Right. And that, I thought that looked really well. It did again. Traveller's Tales and the engine, you know, doing its best to kind of mask any you know maybe limitations in the hardware uh, and kind of obviously maybe aware of what had happened with Daytona and, and that kind of pop in as well. So I, I it doesn't distract at all. You know, it's not as if it, it just, the way it just kind of gradually fades in, you know, it's not, yeah. not at all intrusive. Not at all. Uh, the, the light, I mean, th- that, that trickery there was amazing. Um, still is because it was kind of an N64 effect. And the fact that it was working on the, the, the Saturn, which was two years older at that point is really something else. Um, there is a YouTube account, actually, uh, which uh, once our listeners have finished listening to this episode, I urge them to check out if they are fans of Sonic R. Uh, they're called Game Hut. Uh, basically, it's uh, you know talking about coding secrets behind Sonic R. They've got a few videos around Sonic R and other stuff like Toy Story and stuff. Uh, but it's ex-Traveler's Tales uh, stuff, just talking about how they managed to do this. It's really, mm-hmm. really cool, interesting uh, stuff. It's, it's really great. Um 
and there's also, and I, I said I was going to call them out because there's a, a channel called Veres uh, on YouTube as well. And a few people in the comment section of that video have said you really should have, you know, talked to the guys at Game Hut because they are ex-Traveller's Tales. Um, and this Reres channel does a series called Just Bad Games. Uh, and one of their recent videos just two weeks ago is Sonic R. And it is the most embarrassingly pathetic, childish attempt at clickbait retro gaming content I've ever had the unfortunate mispleasure of laying my eyes and ears on. The guys literally play the game badly, deliberately, to chastise it and ridicule it. Um, and it's not the kind of retro content that we as a community want to see. So if somebody knows them, or if they maybe tune into this at any point, doubt they will, whatever they did, your content is an absolute embarrassment. So <laughs> please kindly stay away from retro gaming if that's the kind of absolute crud that you're going to throw out there because... I don't mind if someone doesn't like a game, Dan, right? I, if you don't like it, if the game's not aged well, or if you've if you've only come to just now and it just doesn't tick all the boxes and you can get on with it, I can live with that. I can take that. That's your opinion. That's fine. What I can't do is watch clowns on YouTube put on stupid voices and make shit one-liner jokes while playing a game badly, running into walls, like just to make a point of doing it, running into the water and then slowly focusing on the wee bubbles coming up and then talking about how bad the controls are. Like, you're playing the game badly. And then they also point out that um, whenever you use a speed ramp, you lose all your rings. They're talking about that as if that's, like, a bug. No, the more rings you have, the further you go when you hit the speed ramp. But the, the, the gameplay mechanic is that you give up your rings to boost. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then the more that if you collect a Chaos Emerald uh, and you don't finish the race in first, then you lose it. Oh my God, how dare a game have a challenge? Yeah. I so, <laughs> you know. I think, yeah, and we'll get on to the, some of the gameplay element that he's that, that to address that because I think that's addressed in a few things and mm -hmm. obviously by ourselves and we'll get into the gameplay side. And then a few of the, um, a few of the reviews that we've got from the era as well. Um, but, yeah, it's a ridiculous video. And I think, yeah, he, he should check out GameHut. And GameHut is a fantastic channel. Uh, the way yeah. that they say that they do some of the stuff, the transparencies as well, um, really is mastery of, of the Saturn hardware mm -hmm. at work, at display there, because they use they use VDP2 for a lot of the infinite planes and stuff. So when, when there's not polygons on the track, um, when you're running, because obviously you're going uphill and downhill, but when you're on the surface and the water and everything, that's all VDP too. It's really, really clever stuff. Um, Aye. Oh, it's a great, a great channel. Yeah. Radiant Emerald is just, I always found that amazing because we were always told all along that the Sega Saturn couldn't do transparencies. <laughs> yep. And they're like, well, here's here's an entire transparent track. <laughs> Aye. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous track. And again, even with all these effects, you know, that are going on on the screen. The game does not skip a beat. You know, the frame rate's solid. Um, and obviously, visually, it's just even the shields as well. You know, again, you, you remember you played Wipeout and one of the early kind of criticisms was that also the Saturn's transparencies were more like a mesh, you know, and yeah. the comparison was, look at Wipeout on the PlayStation. It's, the shields are all lovely and transparent. Then look at the Saturn. And then you look at Sonic R's, um, you know, shields on there as well. Um, and they're just they're, they're gorgeous. And again, on Game Hut, there's a lot of stuff about you know how they do that and the the way that they worked with the Saturn as well. So I definitely recommend checking that out. 
yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, they're not perfect. I mean, obviously, we're talking about 1994 hardware here. So I think not as bad as Daytona, but the draw distance is a little bit short because you do see that fading. It's not as it's not as intrusive as the popping in Daytona, but it it, it is there. But uh, two-player, I think it does struggle a little bit in two-player. Again, the frame rate is absolutely rock solid, so can't criticize it at all there. It's amazing what they've done. But the the fading of the of the levels, you play in that split-screen mode, um, it really is uh, quite apparent yeah. how, how a lot of the time you're just racing, that you're running on the on the VDP2 track rather than the polygon. So Aye. It, it's, uh, it's not ideal, but I think it works well enough. I mean, that's the... the the fact that it looks so gorgeous in one-player mode, I, I, I think you can allow that, can't you? Aye. I mean, again, it's, I think the two-player option was just kind of flung in there just to, to give it, you know, an extra to try and obviously at that point, you know, couch, you know, couch co-op or couch kind of versus was was a big thing. No internet gaming at that time. So, you know, having that in, and it's much, you know, Sega Rally as well has got like a, a two-player split scheme and the track is literally devoid of any detail. It's just the basic track you get. So there's obviously limitations in there and they make cuts to, to accommodate it, but it's, it's great to have it in there. Yeah, I think so, mate. I mean, I was thinking of Sega Rally just now because you make a great point about it because they take out a lot of detail about out of it. Um, and the cars are, they're smaller models, smaller, less detailed models. Um, so I think maybe they didn't have the time to do it prop to do it as they maybe wished in Sonic R and use smaller character models, less details on the track, and have less fading because Sega Rally actually pulls it off immaculately. Although, what doesn't Sega Rally do immaculately? <laughs> it's not a Sega Rally review, James. Move on, <laughs> <laughs> that's to come, uh, yeah, one day. Although, we can't well, say that that's divisive, can we? No, certainly not. Although, although one person on this podcast didn't like it when he first played it, but we've covered well, that before. You've, you've redeemed yourself, mate. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think overall, just absolutely splendid looking game. Looks absolutely stunning. Um, you just think the things that they were doing with the Sega Saturn then, uh, if it had a few more years, what, what more could we have seen of it? But uh, yeah, absolutely gorgeous, mate. Um, but talking of, you know, graphics are great, but moving on to the sound... So how's your how's your singing voice? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody's supersonic racing. Honestly, just, we, how, how how many tracks on that soundtrack are just legendary? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I mean, mate, I, I I put a tweet out um, and I tagged TJ Davis in it, and I just said, I wonder if when she recorded the soundtrack to Sonic R, if TJ Davis knew that the teenagers that were picking up that game then would be 40-somethings that are still singing those songs today. Did she ever realise that? And <laughs> she, she actually replied to me and says, no, I never, ever thought that would happen. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant that, that people are still enjoying it to this day. You know? Oh, brilliant. Um, and maybe one day, like to actually have her on here and, and have a chat with her about the kind of process of, of recording the, the soundtrack and everything that went into that. So I'm, I'm going to maybe try and reach out to her. I know she's been on Sega podcasts in the past and she's been quite accommodating. So um, maybe we need to try and see if we can get, we can get TJ Davis on here and, and have a wee gab. But the the soundtrack is, is apart from, I think it rivals Daytona for, and it might even surpass Daytona just in terms of sheer joyous smiling while, while you're playing. Like you just, you kind of help but smile and sing along whenever you're playing it. Um, and a lot of folk kind of 
use the soundtrack as a, a kind of like a butt point. You know, the game's shit, but the soundtrack's brilliant. You know, yeah. you see that so often, um, which is unfair because I think the the lyrics and the songs that are chosen, they go so well with the tracks that they accompany. Um, it just they go hand in hand so well. Uh, absolutely perfect fit. I, I just I love the soundtrack. It's one of that and Sega Rally were the two games that were in my CD player as actual CDs the most. Yeah, I think I've said before that the Sonic R CD was actually in my car for for the for the longest time. Um, it was probably the one Sega Saturn game that's been with me everywhere because uh, my Sega Saturn when I first moved in with my <laughs> my current my my wife uh, then girlfriend. Um, the Saturn stayed at, at, at my parents, so um, but Sonic R came with me in my CD wallet full of my CD wallet full of of music, and uh, that's always been around and. Yeah, Tito Davis is absolutely magnificent on it. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely nails the the the, the feel of it. But I think you also got to give Richard Jacks a shout out because he's a Sega yes. Sega yeah. mainstay. Uh, yeah. He's been yeah. around. He did the Sega Saturn soundtrack for Sonic 3D. Uh, he's still around, still doing Sega stuff. Uh, he did the Sonic. I think he did Team Sonic Racing, but he also he did Sonic All Stars Racing Transformed, and the soundtrack on that is absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, MSR, MSR as well, yeah, yeah. The guy's a legend. <laughs> oh, I, oh, he's Sega stalwart. He's he's produced and, and brought us some absolutely insanely good music. He has, and I think he's done a fantastic job here. It's kind of that. It's I've have seen people get turned off by the music. Um, how? Yeah, I know. I know these these people do exist. <laughs> they call it cheesy, and uh, they, they 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 just complain about the music, which I, I just don't get. I think nah. there's one. I think there's one review where they they say that the music is. Uh, uh, I'll have to find it at some point, but their dreadful music says one review. <laughs> it's just, uh, when uh, when when did they review it? Twenty nineteen. Uh, February ninety eight. Ninety-eight. Yeah, this is uh, this is GamePro in the in the US though. Uh, ah, right. Okay, yeah. we've talked about that off off mic as well. Yeah, the yeah. the the US didn't like the Saturn too much. I think I think it's the I think the the music hadn't quite the, the sort of the Eurobeat that sort of dancey mm. music they hadn't quite acclimatized to it yet. Mm. It's kind of like Mike McFly, isn't it? I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. <laughs> right who wants to get that clip of back to the future and dub living in the city over that <laughs> <laughs> now that's there we go uh, yeah so uh yeah it's probably some you know at the time 98 probably probably about 30 but you know they probably got kids that are listening to david david getter and co now so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize how far ahead of their time uh richard and tj were but um yeah uh there's a few people that say that the music's they didn't like the music, but I think it's more of a if you don't like that genre, I can kind of see why you might dislike it. But otherwise, it's it's perfect. And I don't know about you, mate, but I always thought that dance music suited Sonic better than the sort of rock music that we would get later. I I would go with that. I think again the the kind of dance era. I think and that kind of the dance music either I think fits in better because you think of the riser, you think of the kind of bands that, that came about in the nineties, early nineties as well. Um, 
you know, like your two unlimited and stuff like that as well, even though the Sonic stuff's not quite as as hardcore as, as that. It's not even hardcore, man. I've heard some hardcore dance music and pirate radio stations <laughs> yeah. and pirate tapes that used to go around. It was more like into Rotter Damnation from Ridge Racer. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, the the kind of the rock stuff that you, you got like with Sonic Adventure 2, for example, you know, that kind of soundtrack, I think the, the dance stuff definitely suited his style of game a lot better. I think so as well. I mean, I do love Crush 40. I absolutely adore him. Uh, and I do love that that music, but it, well, Sonic always felt like a more of a dance music, Euro beat sort of. And I think it's because, like you say, we the, the era that Sonic launched, we had, you know, kind of two unlimited. And it's all that lifestyle thing, I think, as well, mate, because Sega did push that lifestyle, you know. They, I don't think they were quite in clubs like like the PlayStation was, but there was the Mega Drive was in that adult scene in that club in in that mm-hmm. sort of scene. So was, I do have strong memories linking that kind of music with Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm sure there was some sort of a dance or house remix of of some of his music that made it into the charts at some point. I do have vague memories of it. But so yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> it always uh, always always struck me as that you know this is how Sonic's meant to sound. Of course, there there is some you do see some of it today. In modern games, um, there's a there's a level in Sonic Forces where it's kind of like a, it's like it's something produced by Skrillex or something. It's a <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's one of my favourite tracks in the game. Uh, it's I think it's called uh, something about Arsenal. Uh, the name sticks in my head for obvious reasons, but. Uh, do you a, like something about Arsenal? No, well, I, the, I like everything <laughs> but the name of the track, obviously. <laughs> That's why the name sticks to me. What's this song? Oh, it's Arsenal. It's, yeah, you know, I should bleep that out, really, shouldn't I? It's 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 something. Oh, it's something redacted. <laughs> redacted. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely feel like it's it suits him. Uh, suits him more. Um, but yeah, soundtrack absolutely beautiful. I mean. Well, what, what, I think we know all the songs by heart, of her, don't we? We got, you know, open up. Can you feel the sunshine? Does oh. it brighten up your day? You can't help but smile at that. You know, what I mean, it's it's just nice, warm, friendly, welcoming. You know, blowing. Yeah, and then you got living in the city. Living in the city, you know, you have to survive. <laughs> you got to keep that dream alive. Everything is green. <laughs> Can't you see? Oh, I hope TJ doesn't listen to this man. She's probably yeah. like, Jesus Christ, sorry, guys, come on. Sorry for butchering that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in time on Regal Ruin. That was in my uh, Desert Island Discs. Mm. You uh, can work it out as well. Yeah, that's a that's a great tune. That's brilliant. That's, 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 I would say that might actually... Ooh, that and Living in the City, I think, are probably tied for my favourite one. See, yeah. Uh, They've all got. They definitely have that sonic feel, and they've got. It's great to listen to that. But I think the work, the work it out is quite possibly the closest to like something that you'd hear out that you'd hear on a radio, especially mm-hmm. in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's got this. It's the, the, the production behind it is, is fantastic. Um, and then you've got the the, the radiant emerald song. Um, oh Jesus! I've got. I've had a, my brain freeze at the moment. How's the radiant emerald song go? Oh, hold on. The twos have had a complete blank when it comes to that track. Because normally I collect all the sets, uh, <laughs> all of the um, 
Chaos Emeralds and you play for it as Sonic and of course you get the uh, the supersonic racing. Diamond uh, in the Sky, that's the one. Ah, uh, right, aye. Because you're my diamond in the sky. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's a brilliant tune as well. Aye. And even the credits tune is, is brilliant because that's that doesn't have the sort of dancey vibe to it, but it's uh, it's really cool, really... Uh, yeah, it's perfect for the credit, but all of it's fantastic. You can turn the lyrics off, but why would you want to do that? No, come on, no, <laughs> no, I'm not having. I'm not. I'm not playing Sonic Harp instrumental music. No, that's not happening. That's a frowny face right there, isn't it? You ah, definitely. You no. got to be happy. But part, of, part of the fun is singing along while you play it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, beyond the beyond the music, though, the sound design is pretty much standard Sonic, isn't it? So it's just you know Sonic jumps. Whoop, the ring collecting, Ding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all that is, you know, it's Sonic sounds perfectly implemented. It's the same as it was in the Mega Drive games, and it's the same as it is today. So, no great surprises in the sound department, but it all works very well. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. But uh, I think, yeah, graphics great, sound great. Let's get on to the, the most divisive part, then, mate. The playability. Ah, here we go. So. It gets criticised for its controls. Um, people say that the controls are too tight. You can't turn the character. It's you bump off walls. You run off the track. And again, the game has a learning curve. Right? It's not that the controls are bad. It's just that I think people pick up the controller and expect Sonic to control in a certain way. And because he doesn't in this case, I think that immediately throws a lot of people. Now, a lot of people also don't realise that the bumpers are essentially air brakes if you're using wipeout analogy. Yeah. So the left bumper controls the left leg and the right bumper controls the right leg. So if you want to kind of turn on the spot on a certain leg, you need to basically press the, the opposite shoulder button so that you kind of you stand on the other leg and, and turn around so it's reflected in the animation as well isn't it and aye, i love aye. it's so the, the attention to detail is there this isn't something they've made janky handling on aye. purpose they've, they've thought about it and again that goes back to that polish that you mentioned you know that traveler's tales put in place is that yeah he, he, he hops on that one leg you know and, and comes to a, a halt and turns around so it's clear that the mechanic was thought about and they they deliberately put the animation in there to show what's happening. As you say, it's not janky, it's not kind of accidental, It's that that's a gameplay mechanic. And it does take a bit of getting used to. Um, I mean, there's a, a section in the first track that weaves through a kind of canyon like an S-bend. Um, and if you try and just control it with the D-pads, then you are going to bounce off walls and it's going to feel kind of clunky, but you don't need to hold the bumpers down, you can just tap them as you're using the D-pad to turn, just to get a, a, a wee bit of a, a extra nudge in that direction. You know, it's it's all about learning the mechanics of the, the controls. It, it does have a learning curve, 100% it does. And when you grasp it and when you get used to it, um, it's bloody great fun. And there's just, again, we'll, we'll come to the longevity part, but there's just so much to the tracks. Um just so many various routes and, and collectibles. Um, so I is the controls are the most divisive thing, but when you do get to grips with them, that is a very, very fun game there. But 
people might argue that oh you shouldn't have to pick up a Sonic game and get used to the controls, but it was a brand new 3D based racing focused Sonic game. There was always going to be a learning curve there, and I think maybe for whatever reason people just aren't willing to give it that wee bit of time just to, to master those controls. Yeah, I think the problem is that they come in with these preconceptions because at the end of the day, this isn't Mario Kart at all. This isn't <laughs> this isn't yeah. Gran Turismo. Yeah. Because you're not controlling a car. You know, most of the characters are, are aren't in vehicles. So they're not going to control like that. Um and of course you can make it drive move like a car. I mean it's funny because you always see people trying to be uh, humorous on on reviews for Sonic Sonic uh Sonic's racing games in the modern day, Sonic Transform, Team Sonic Racing, etc. They go, Oh, what's Sonic riding in the car for? Well, because they gave you a gave us a, a game where he ran and everyone everyone says hey, he doesn't control what hey, well. you shot on it basically, yeah. so hey. But it, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's brilliant. I think it I think the gameplay is fantastic because as you see, hey, you put it perfectly, mate, he's it's a running game. Uh, and it's not an endless runner. We're not swiping. We're actually steering him. Um, so I think they've hit the right balance between giving us that feeling of controlling a runner as opposed to someone that's, that's moving in a vehicle and transplanting. You know, if you if you ever try to run and turn on the and, and turn quickly, you, you generally do swing one leg right to the ground like they do in the game. <laughs> exactly. Running at speed, so <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, the game is a little bit unforgiving in the first part because he's saying mate in that first track yeah, yeah. Uh, which is is the easiest one um you have got that chicane where you bounce off the walls and then you come out of that and you've got that that bridge onto an island and if you don't do manage a hard turn there then you end up in the drink yep yep <laughs> bubbling away um and that's like, and that, that kind of that's good game design because it teaches you hey this if you if you don't get this right this is what's going to happen to you so you need to, and it's it, that's kind of you know game design one hundred and one, giving you the the tools and the incentive that you need to to understand how to make that turn. And once you make that turn, and it all just kind of clicks. I get the feeling that maybe people don't don't attack the turn the right way, and they slow down, um, and then that makes it a little bit more. It makes it a bit more fiddly. Um, I think it plays great on the standard satin pad. I think it makes it plays on absolute dream. On the 3D 3D controller because the analog pad's got so much more aye, nuance aye. to it, and yep. the and the sticks, uh, sorry, the sticks, the triggers, uh, you can hold them down to varying degrees, which shows how it controls how hard you how hard you stop. So it all works uh, exceedingly well. I just think, yeah, it's tricky to learn, but it's really rewarding to master. Um, there's a lot of diversity. There's ten characters, and they all play very differently. You've got Sonic, who's obviously you know the speedster, and you've got Amy Rose, who's in a little little Cabriolet yeah, coupe. Doctor Robotnik's in his flying Egomatic and all that. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got everything there from a gameplay perspective. The only thing I will say it's got against it is that if you're trying to get some a mate to play you in a two-player game. Um, they're just going to get trounced because it takes so long for someone to pick it, pick the game up. It's not like if you just draft your mate from the pub to play Pro Evo or something. Um, people actually need to learn the game to actually be any good at it. So, but that's the only criticism I could make of it. I all spot on points, mate. I mean, I, 
what you said there about you know it not being a kind of a, it's not a kind of pick up game for a two player. That that's right. It's not like if you say like a pro evil and you can you know get a mate up who's never touched it before and it's a football game you just pass it about and kick it and score a couple of goals, have a laugh, and that's it. Um, if you're playing Sonic R two player, you are playing Sonic R with with another Sonic R player. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <it's... laughs> yeah, you've got it's there. there is, you've got to learn it, unfortunately. Uh, which is it is a, it is a negative point because obviously the older Sonic games, you know, as you say, your your little ones uh, been trying to play Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, my kids have played Sonic the Hedgehog to very various degrees, and it's just one. You know, kids can just pick up Sonic and play it. Uh, unfortunately, this doesn't fall into that category, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, in fact, you can throw the same accusation at Sonic and All Stars Race and Transform because that game is extremely tricky and hard. Not to initially get to grips with but there's so many nuances and the way that you use tricks and everything that uh my kids will get the ump with it <laughs> so, <laughs> back to mario kart it doesn't have that simplicity and this right and i think you need you need different kinds of approaches this couldn't just be another mario kart because that would be that would have been dull by comparison i think yeah and again that that's another kind of criticism that it gets is that it was you know oh it's not mario kart it was never trying to be mario kart people just wrongly think that because it's a Sonic racing game that it's Mario Kart for the Saturn. It it wasn't trying. Mario Kart is is a basic kart racing game. It's based on a circuit. You know you've got your your weapons and whatnot, much like in a Wipeout does as well. You know you can fling your shells at people and banana skins and all these kind of things. Um, it's everybody's in like a wee a wee kart. You know it's, it's the the game is kart racing, whereas Sonic R, yes, you are racing and it's other Sonic characters, so I can see why some people might make that similarity, but there's multiple routes, there's multiple collectibles, there's the the collecting of rings, collecting of Chaos Emeralds, there's different routes, there's some degree of platform element, like the first level, you know where that first coin is, it's up the mountain ridge to the, the left-hand side, the first coin's up there, yeah. so... It does try and bring in some of the classic Sonic gameplay, albeit not a lot. So, again, the, the Mario Kart stuff just annoys me. It's not trying to be Mario Kart at all. No, no. And the, the bit about you saying about the ridge and everything, and you, you can you can jump, you can jump in this game. You know, what, what exactly. a racing game can you jump in? <laughs> it's a it's a hybrid of a platformer and racing game um, with very unique controls. And I think, yeah, that's. He's just got to try and learn it and accept it. And I think if, once people dedicate their time to do that, then uh, I think they, they'll love it as as as, as we did. 100%, but, but Love um, the game. Yeah, same. But, I mean, longevity, I find it... I think it gets criticised sometimes for a lack of content. And I think we had a similar conversation around Daytona USA when we did the last review. Um, mm-hmm. This one, I definitely think there's... A lot of content in but uh yeah what are your thoughts on it longevity wise again i mean i know you said that you can sit down to sonic r and, and finish it what like an hour or two um but yet back in the day it, it, it felt as if there was tons as, as i said you've got the multiple routes um you know you've got the you know 10 characters five tracks um, you know, you've got the five coins in each track, you've got the Chaos Emerald that you need to collect enough rings um, to obviously open up the door to, to get to the, 
the area that's that's locked off where you can collect the chaos emerald you've then got to win the race to to earn the right to keep the chaos emerald which as we've spoke about someone found that gameplay mechanic obviously too challenging for them um but for a game again of its time i think it's got a lot in there you know five tracks 10 characters unlockables you know multiple endings you know unlockable final stage you've got supersonic in there as well um the five coins as we mentioned the chaos emeralds i think there's, there's plenty of stuff in there um, I think your, your your 45 quid went pretty far back then, I would say. I completely agree, mate. And yeah, I, I find it hard to quantify it because I can, as you say, I can, I've said before, I can beat this game in about an hour and unlock everything. Uh, but that's only because I know all the routes like the back of my hand. I mean, I was, I was walking around uh, Asda the other day and I couldn't find the bloody raspberries, but I could, I know my, my <laughs> I know my way around the resort island, not the back of my hand, and I can go around, get both emeralds, and then do it back in first place. Um, so I, it takes me, what, three, three runs of each track, grab the emeralds, win, grab the coins, do the extra bonus, unlock the character. But that, mate, that took me a lot of 1998, because I got the game on release. I think I got it from around my birthday. Um, it took me until until the spring to unlock everything because uh, and I didn't have a guide and uh, yeah I'd say that to anyone that wants to get the most out of this don't use the guide uh, explore you know use the opportunity to find all the little the little shortcuts f- find out the best way to get the best routes to get because you need to know the best routes to get the rings to unlock the gates that unlock mm-hmm. the to get the emeralds or to find the extra coins there's a lot in here so you've got you've got ten characters. You've got five tracks, so five of the characters are unlockables. The last track is unlockable. Um, similar to Daytona, you have got... Uh, I think you have got a mirror mode in there, haven't you? Or a reverse mode, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, time trials, increase, lots of difficulties. I think if you dedicate some time to it, if you sit down and you try and play this game properly and you try to unlock things, then, yeah, there's, there's, there's tons in here. I don't know if it would take dedicated players as long as I did when I was a kid, but there's definitely a, it's a decent amount of content in here. See the word you used there? And I think that's a great point. He says, take the time to explore. I think people come into Sonic R and they come in thinking, it's a racing game, and they treat it like a racing game. Right? See if you come into it and actually treat it as, as best you can a Sonic game. You can go anywhere on those tracks. You want to jump up that mountain, you can go up it. If you want to run through that forest, you can go through there. You know, don't just automatically go into a track and go, I need to get first place to win. That Yes, coming first place is ultimately what you need to do to get the Chaos Emerald when you unlock it. Um, but don't just dive in and start racing. You know, see if you finish last. Who cares? Run around, find out where the, the, the shortcuts are. Find out where the five coins are, you know, learn where the boosts are, you know, map out the tracks in your head, explore. That word you said there, explore, is spot on. Don't go into it just going, I need to get first place. I need to beat all these other characters around me. You do at some point, but not right now, not at the start. Explore. Yeah. Learn the tracks, you know. 
yeah, it's not the only thing to is to win the race because obviously you need to win the race to you need to win all the races to unlock the final racetrack. Yep. You, and to get the, the the you know the end credits, then you and you need to win the race with the with the chaos emerald. But you need to find that chaos emerald first. You don't need to win with the with the tokens. You just need to collect the five of them and then come in the top three, and then you race another uh, race against a secret character. Um, but yeah, you it's it's different to so many other racing games in that if you're dead last and everyone's past the finish line and all the CPU characters are sitting there, you know, tapping their feet, waiting for you to come over, the game doesn't end. You can just go on your jollies and oh, what's over here? Oh, what's over here? I, I take a look at this. It's in this <laughs> exactly. Panel. You can yeah, it's, it's, you think you put it well, mate. You can you can explore it like a proper Sonic map, and although it doesn't control like a standard platformer because it is a running racing game, you can do it, and you can jump, and you can you can skid, you can you get the bubble shield, you can walk on water. There's just there's just so much stuff in there. And there's all these tiny little nuances as well. You know, you've got the unlockable gates where you have to go through with all the rings. You've got the the speed ups, you know, which you mentioned. They take rings away. There's a risk reward there if you're if you're trying to save up for a, a chaos emerald, then you don't want to hit those boosts because you lose your rings. But if you are just trying to win the race, then yeah, you might want to hit them. Um, as I mentioned, there's the free shields. Uh, there's so much in there. Um, it's uh, it's fantastic, uh, and the and it just feels so quintessentially Sonic as well. Exactly, and I think that's that's where Traveller's Tales need to get a lot of credit is because for it not being their franchise, for them to capture the feel of a Sonic game, you know, that closely, I think that's testament to, to the team that done a, the, the job on it, honestly. Because it would have been so easy for them to take that project on and just completely lose the feel of it. Um, but the fact that it does still feel so quintessentially Sonic is, is testament to them. It really is, mate. It just feels so on brand and so in universe uh, that it really does feel almost indistinguishable to, to all the other um, Sonic Team stuff. You know, it's the, the character model. And I know Sonic Team had a helping hand in it. Tra- Travis Towers weren't on their own, but the, the character models all look very much in line with what we'd see in Sonic Jam in the Sonic World section. Yes, I have a very similar. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, brilliant stuff. It, it does make me. I don't know if you've ever seen those Sonic Adventure screenshots. I don't think they're screenshots, but they're kind of mock ups, but they're done with classic Sonic. No, I've not seen that. Uh, no. Yeah, after after Shadows with you, mate. But yeah, you do wonder if, uh, if, if we could have seen more of that classic Sonic design in 3D if the Sonic Saturn was more successful. But yeah, yep. tons to do. Longevity. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, that covers everything. You know, in terms of the various subjects on on the game itself. Question for you, mate: Did you ever play any of the ports? No, I did not. And I know it came out on obviously PC, um, and I think they, they changed the camera angle a little bit, and um, I don't know if they tweaked the controls any, but uh, I think there was a a GameCube version as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's on the Sonic Gems collection. Ah, uh, so right, yep. That was the, so you had the Sonic Mega Collection, which was, you know, all the Mega Drive games. And then you had Sonic Gems Collection, which was Sonic the Fighters, Sonic CD, and Sonic R. And it was a port of the PC version of Sonic R to, uh, you know, right. that collection was on GameCube and PS2. Um, 
And I've, I've got that primarily at the time. It was the only way to get an up, uh, a physical version of Sonic CD. In fact, you could well, you could get a digital version back when the GameCube was around. That sort of concept didn't even exist. <laughs> um, but it's they've made improvements to it in terms of the draw distances, obviously a lot better. Uh, and you've got a four-player mode, but it just seems odd because you can shoot. There's things like, so the ca- the camera seems slightly different. I don't know what it is, but it seems slightly different. Um, and there's weather settings, so you can have it winter as you run around Resort uh, Island. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that on YouTube. That's right. I so like you can obviously look, run across the water if it's like a frozen lake. You can take it as a shortcut, basically. That's it. But, but all the while, can you feel the sunshine? <laughs> Aye, it's a bit, yeah, aye. Okay, got a contradiction there, eh? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit odd. Um, I couldn't quite gel with it. I think I unlocked everything in there and then just... I've not touched it since. I've not played it since I got it on the GameCube. 2005 is when I got my GameCube and a copy of that. Uh, I bet you've played the Saturn version since. I've played the Saturn version this week, mate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, played, it, played, played it a lot. Played it. Played it. <clears throat> played it last year. Uh, unlocked everything and I, f- I felt like playing it uh, the other day and uh, booted it up and I think when my battery d- d- died in my Saturn it must have wiped all my saves and um, oh. Uh, I thought oh well I've got to start it all again so it's <laughs> in my to-do list I made a start on it <laughs> perfect excuse yeah but uh, and, uh, I, I said this much in the um, <clears throat> in my summer game special one uh, to KC for the, the Sega Lounge in that year I think those versions are fine. Um, they don't play as well. Something feels off of them, but I think you really need to to, to play the Saturn original. That's the way. That's the the way you need to go. Aye, I think much like with a lot of Sega mm. games, you know, it's when when they get removed from the host hardware, I think they lose a little bit of their soul. You know, I just think you you lose a little something whenever you take it off of there. And it's great if maybe all you want to do is play the game and you've never played it before and you want to try it and you have the hardware where it's available, that's fine. But again, it's just much like with, with Sega Rally on, on the Saturn. It's just, yeah, you can emulate it now and, and play it on like a PC or, you know, whatever. Um, but there's just something special about playing these games on the original hardware with the controller that it was designed around um yeah i just i i can imagine never played the pc or the gamecube version i say i have watched the kind of videos and obviously with the weather settings and things like that but i it just it doesn't doesn't evoke that that same feeling a hundred percent agree mate um it's funny because sonic cds on that collection as well and as i said the reason why i bought that collection was because at the time i hadn't i hadn't actually played sonic cd properly i downloaded a dodgy version onto the PC, but that didn't have any sound. So, you know, you've got to have sound on Sonic CD. Uh, I played the GameCube version and it's okay. Um, wasn't as good as the Christian Whitehead version that came out in 2011. <laughs> All right. uh, but when I got my, finally got my Mega CD uh, a number of years ago and got a copy of Sonic CD on it, I don't play any other version now because, as you say, it it feels right on Sega hardware. As good as the Christian Whitehead version is, uh, playing with an Xbox controller or PlayStation controller or anything, it doesn't feel quite quite right. Right. Uh, that's uh, raised by Sega once again, mate. Exactly. That's it. You know, <laughs> once once that feeling clicks, it, it never goes away. 
never does, mate. It's uh, even twenty years after they've been out of the hardware business, it's still there. Yep, it will. will be drawing our pension. It will still be there, mate. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is this game's legacy? Uh, well, <laughs> um, there's a as we said before, it gets a lot of hate, doesn't it? If one legacy is shite YouTube comments uh, <laughs> and content, um, like I had a little rant about earlier, um, I I think, as I said, if if people come to it and they don't enjoy it, then that's fine and that's okay. But I say, um, I would, I think that the, the kind of legacy of, you know, um, I shite game but great music um, is is unfair. Um, I mean. In terms of legacy on gaming itself, I don't think it's got much. I think it's kind of one of these games that existed when it did, was enjoyed by those who played it, or the majority of those who played it at the time, and who gave it a chance and, and, and got to get up to the controls and the mechanics and, and kind of took their time to learn the maps and the various nuances that were involved in terms of collectibles and multiple routes. But... Um, don't see much of its impact on anything like a Sonic Adventure, for example, um, or any kind of Sonic games that have followed. Um, so, in terms of a gameplay legacy, I don't think it's got anything, but in terms of retro content, then by God, it's it's literally fanning the flames of multiple YouTube videos and podcasts <laughs> as, we, as we speak. So, um, I quite different in that, as I said, there's not a gameplay element, but definitely it still remains a hot topic. It does. It does have its DNA is still felt in modern Sega. In fact, I'm going to drop you an image in the uh, in the chat right now, if I can. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just dropping an image, and this is the box art for Team Sonic Racing. And if you take a look at that image uh, and pay special attention to the R in racing. Let me know what you see, because uh, I think you'll find that it is a little bit, a little bit familiar in the font that it's using. Because someone else, I actually didn't notice this before, but someone else actually pointed it out to me the other day, um, and I was, I was quite shocked by it. But I think you do feel Sonic Cars legacy in other racing games. It's in Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. You've got Richard Jack, Jack's exceptional medley of can you feel the sun uh, no supersonic racing and um do anything uh in the first track but uh yeah it, i i see it yeah that the r I, that's, <laughs> that, that literally is a sonic r yeah look at sonic's wee cheesy smile the <laughs> that car. look at his wee face he's happy as larry mate he is i <laughs> and look at tails casually giving a thumbs up yeah uh, Everyone, everyone's pleased to be in there, aren't they? Ah, they're all chuffs. But Sonic's wee smiley face, that, that, that's, that's nice. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, yeah, you've got the little nod there and the way that the R is set out. I mean, Sumo Digital, who made those games, I don't know if they've got any ex-Traveller's Tales members in there that may, may have worked on both titles or all of the titles. Possibly, but that's definitely a nod. Yeah, so they've got that. As I say, the Richard Jacks soundtrack in Transformed has nods to the Sonic R soundtrack, and I think there is a nod to it in, in Team Sonic Racing as well. I'm fairly certain that there was, although I can't remember offhand now. So I think it it hasn't got a strong legacy for a, for a Sonic game, but I, I, I do like the fact that it seems to be referenced by modern Sega, who are often quite keen to forget 
either bad games or bad Sonic games <laughs> or even good games and franchises. I mean, they're, they're starting to come round on the social channels now. Like, like there was a point where they just didn't mention like the Saturn like on like the European accounts at all. Like there was just no mention of it. Like you would get like Mega Drive and Dreamcast, which was a bit bizarre, given that Dreamcast is a bigger flop than the Saturn. But um, it was kind of more, I think, commercially accepted. I think than Saturn, the Dreamcast. It was, it was I think, it was yeah. more excitement around it in the UK, even though it kind of fizzled out. But um, they now seem to be kind of really, really embracing certain aspects of their past and you know acknowledging things like like the Saturn. You know, like, I think the Sega Europe thing put out a. A tweet. It was like um, Mega Drive and Dreamcast merchandise, um, and someone I think they said, "So what system should be next?" And like loads of folks replying, "Saturn." I think they liked a couple of tweets saying that. So there, there's acknowledgement in there of, of things like that. So um, that's great to see them. I mean, that is definitely the Sonic R. Yeah, it's definitely there, mate. So uh, yeah, small small legacy, but um, I mean, we'll get down to to ratings now, and I think this is going to be interesting because, as we said. Back in the day, it was reviewed fairly well. <laughs> I, I mean, you sent me a, a screen grab, um, a, a scan of the CVG review um, of back in back in the day, and it got four out of five. Um, it reviewed brilliantly well. Um, the comments were really positive on it, um, and obviously across the board as well. You, you look at the the scores that we've received. Um, what have we got? You put the scores in the chat, haven't you? I mean, yeah, Mega Force 92, CVG, 4 out of 5, as we said. Sega Saturn Magazine, 93%. Edge, the, you know, the snobs of... I know, uh, that one got of, me as well. Aye, <laughs> the, the snobs of, of gaming you know, reviews, and 8 out of 10, you know, um, Saturn Power, 96%. Super Game Power, what a name for a magazine. <laughs> I know, it's superb, isn't it? Brazilian gaming magazine, 100%. For them, it was perfect. Right, uh, and Sega Saturn Magazine Japan, 80%. So the worst scores, as we said, US, GamePro 55 and uh, EGMN, Electronic Gamer Monthly, 78%. So uh, the US continuing to shit on the Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been someone who used to work in KB Toys who reviewed it. Over oh there. yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, I think uh, maybe maybe it was the soundtrack. They didn't quite feel feel the sunshine. Maybe Aye, didn't did. brighten up their day. No. <laughs> 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 oh, it's a, which is which is a shame. Um, but yeah, I think the aggregated scores were pretty high for the time. I mean, eight out of ten in Edge. It's, I mean, that's the same score as Halo Two. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's put it in context, you know. And again, it's you've got to look at what you were playing at the time you were playing it and what you were playing it on and what it was doing and what was round about it. It's all too easy to come at these older games with modern eyes and just slam them. And as I said before, if you come to a game, an older game for the first time in the modern world, and you play it and it just doesn't click and you don't like it, that's fine. That's your opinion, you're entitled to it. Thanks for trying. Pick something else and move on. That's great. But I can't sit down and watch people deliberately playing a game badly and looking for ridiculous faults in it that don't exist. Like the thing with that 
bad games review that I spoke about, where yes, if you use a boost pad, boost pad, you lose all your rings. How ridiculous is that? It's like, no, it's a gameplay mechanic, you know. But you were too busy trying to make you know crap sarcastic jokes to actually acknowledge the fact that it was a gameplay mechanic. So, you know, when it was played in the day and it was reviewed by the journalists of the day, um, it reviewed exceedingly well and I don't think it's you can't have such a broad range of high scores as a fluke it scored high across all those different you know uh, magazines and websites because at that time in its day it was a bloody good game 100% mate I mean even reading through the CVG scans that I I sent you over um, like the, the second opinions all just kind of echo what we've been saying about the controls. You know, uh, I wasn't too sure about the racing theme, but after some initial confusion, and there's a lot of it, and that's kind of, you know, how a lot of a lot of people give it a hard time. This is solid fun. Uh, the other the other second opinion that's in here, definitely the graphics are definitely the best on the Saturn so far. Uh, when you first play, the tracks seem a bit too fiddly and complex to be good for racing. But after experimenting with different characters and learning the best ways to play, hey, they can more sense in the real challenges than simply winning. It's collecting all the hidden characters and chaos emeralds by playing a lot. There's a lot to do on each track, so yeah, it's. <laughs> now the thing is that a lot of those comments echo what we just said, and we haven't Absolutely. read that review before we come on here. No, <laughs> notes are written weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. This, this episode has been in the planning for a while, so you know these are all thoughts that we've had and gathered for ourselves in our time playing it, but their CVG, who gave it 4 out of 5, from two different people reviewing it, in the one review, two opinions, and they both said pretty much the same thing as what we've just said, so... Um, you don't review that well across the board as a fluke. You know, it's not a coincidence. It's not, you know, it's not a fluke. It reviewed well because it's a good game. Absolutely, mate. And it was not even confirmation bias. The only reason I actually downloaded this one is because it was actually on, it was on the uh, Sonic Retro site uh, as a a 75. And I was thinking, I don't remember CMVG doing... 75 it was it was it was at that point it was you know the, five, the out of five score so yeah the, the, the high for high fives yeah so yeah I, I that's why it's the only reason why i clicked on it and lo and behold it, yeah it seems and that's one of the work the the harshest ones you know as we say there's a few 90s in here and even a hundred percent so how how can you use four out of five to get 75 percent i i literally have no idea how that works <laughs> Somebody's somebody's not got a standard grade maths, that's for sure. No, not at all. (laughs) Oh dear. 25, 25, 25, 75. That's three. But they gave it four. If it's four 25s, that's 100, but we kind of have that. So, uh, geez, peace. It's four out of five. Oh, I know. But (laughs) talking of scores, mate, what's your final score on this one? So my final score for Sonic R works out at an 8.75 out of 10. I've went for graphics 8, sound 10, playability 8, and longevity 9. Very nice, mate. Uh, I've gone for graphics uh, 9, sound 10, playability 9, longevity 9, 
So that's about a 9.25 uh, for me, which uh, is kind of in line with uh, Sega Saturn magazines. Uh, uh, yeah, mate, you you just wanted to be the same as Rich. <laughs> that's that's all it is. We've, we've we've just got a big man crush on Richard oh, Lindbergh because so. because of the Sega Saturn magazine <laughs> yeah. days. Mate. That's that's what it is. He's not Mister Digital Foundry. He's Mister Sega Saturn magazine, He'll, and he always will be. He always will be, mate. He's always going to be Mister Sega Saturn magazine. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think. But there we go then. I think that's uh, both reliant on that one because uh, yeah, to, to us it was a, an absolute blinding game then and to a lot of the gaming press as well. Um, but just gets a, gets a little bit of unfair criticism today by people that maybe haven't given it the time that they really should. But if if you've, I think you've, if you're listening to this podcast and you've played it and you've had a quick go on it and you didn't think it was all that, definitely urge you to, to put some more time into it and really understand it and, and try it. And if you haven't got access to the Saturn version, try and play one of the ports. Play it with an analog pad where possible. Um, and I think they'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. And learn the lyrics to the songs because, trust me, the more you play it, it's like a karaoke game. Can you beat it? You'll be singing along before you know it. Absolutely, we'll have to have a put a banger at the end of this. At the end of this one, oh, we will. Awesome stuff, mate. So, back over to our listeners then. So, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to myself and James talk Sega one more time. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think of Sonic Car. Give us your thoughts, your feedback. Did you enjoy it back in the day? Did you play it? Have you tried it a lot and just can't get on with it? Either way, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at Swooper underscore D. James is at the Sagaholic. The account's at Sega Guys. Stay retro and stay Sega. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Sit back, get comfortable, and let's watch that one more time. How about checking that out from some other angles? Here we go! Don't you just love this course? 
Now you can relax and look at it to your heart's content. At top speeds, the outside world whizzes past you. Using your skill and special techniques, push yourself to the limit. At the end of the day, it's a race of three laps. Let's watch that one again. Put your feet up and settle down to watch your performance. Set!